Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. What's going on, family? Welcome to On Course with Heart Ramsey. It's Gerard Bonner of Bonner Fide Radio, and we call these sessions Heart to Heart. It's the opportunity for us to talk to Pastor Heart Ramsey and kind of get an idea of what's happening in his head and certainly hear from the heart of God as well. Pastor Hart, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Gerard. How you doing? I am doing well. So... Always lots to talk about when we get together. Uh, there was something that happened on social media, and uh, I think you posted about it, and then someone put a comment in there, and then you said we would talk about it, which you obviously know my brain very well. <laughs> so, about three weeks ago, Snoop Dogg has released a brand new project titled Bible of Love. It has spent two weeks atop the Billboard Top Gospel Albums charts. It's broken all sorts of gospel streaming records with over 3 million streams in its first week. Also, he had a performance on the Stellar Awards as well, his first time being welcomed there. And there's been a lot of conversation about this record. So let's first start talking about the actual record without even talking Snoop Dogg. Let's talk about the record itself. What do you think about Bible of Love? I like it. You know, it's crazy how uh, if it was anyone else... (laughs) We won't be having this discussion. But exactly. It's a great record. Now, if you have any negative thing to say, you could talk about the fact that there's 32 songs on there. <laughs> right. There is a lot of music. No question. But but I think what he was going for was was putting enough uh, content on there where you can choose your style. What do you like? And, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I love it, man, I, that, that someone of that uh, statue would, would even try to do this. It says a lot. Right. But the actual content of the record, I like it. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of really good material on this record. And, and my thought is it's 32 tracks because I don't know if he plans to do another one. So I guess, <laughs> I guess he figured let's get it all out <laughs> and put it there. So let me ask you this. I know everybody kind of has a thought, you know, when you just say on paper, Snoop Dogg is doing a gospel record. All sorts of things go through your mind. But for you... Uh, what kind of stood out to you about the content of this record? Well, what stood out to me in terms of there's some there's different phases. One part of it is, is that I could hear him reaching back to his childhood or to his youth where he grew up, and mm-hmm. he was kind of he probably was listening to the music that his mother and grandmother were listening to. Yeah. So you could hear the quartet element in there, which which uh, I'm not a quartet person, but it was very well done. Yes. Very nicely put together. And then you could hear the more contemporary stuff, and what really really impressed me was he didn't feel the need to rap on every song. Right. But the songs where he really has something to say, he said it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I like the content of it. Of course, you know we're gonna get into the part of this discussion where. Where the, the the Pharisees, oh, I'm not going back. If I'm saying, <laughs> where, where, where the purists yeah. are saying that oh, he shouldn't do a record, and 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 they start putting the tag of secular. And I want to address that because the saints need some help with that. 
Yeah, well, let, let's just go there because I know for a fact that even when there was early talk and early rumbling last year of Snoop doing a gospel record, many people, you know, some people laughed it off. Some people felt like, what in the world is Snoop Dogg doing a gospel record for? Now it's here and the voices have grown louder. So what say you, sir? Well, what I say is that the saints need to understand the difference between um, first secular and uh and sacred, and then praise and worship. Mm-hmm. So I want to go back. I want to go back to praise and worship first. Back in 2006, uh, 2015, John P. Key did a thing in uh, Carolina called Swap. It was um, hanging out with musicians and, and singers, you know, uh, creatives in the worship and arts department of churches, and he brought us together. And while we were there, Pastor YPJ did a, 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 a spontaneous class that just blew us away. And, and he uh, articulately and eloquently uh, brought up some points from Psalm 150. And one of the things that he said was, uh, the Bible says, let everything that hath bread praise the Lord. And so praise is something that anything can do. Praise is not just a human thing. Right. Anything that hath breath can can praise God. Anything that God is, his creation is designed to praise him. Praise happens by design. In Inanimate objects praise God by design. Mm. This the, the creation was built and created, it was made to praise God. But worship is different. Worship requires a yes. Mm. Um, it comes out of my yes. And so I can't, um, I can praise God without a yes, right. but I can't worship without a yes. Wow. You see what I'm saying? And so, um, and, and when you look at, and, and for example, we always take for granted that you have to be saved to worship. But when you look at the, the, um, the demoniac of Gadaria, the Bible says when Jesus came off of the boat, and this man who had been bound in tombs for all this time, he was naked, the mm-hmm. Bible says. Right. And, and, and he, uh, he was naked, dirty. He runs up to Jesus. And the scriptures actually said, Gerard, he falls down before the Lord and worships. Wow. So he, he has demons in, in, in him and he's, and he's giving God a yes. So, so the, the problem with that is, is to is to think is to be is to be deceived enough to think that only believers uh, can worship. That's not true. Right. That's that is so not scriptural. Right. And so I think the saint got confused with that. Everything was designed to to, to um, give God praise. Mm-hmm. That means every different kind of music, every different kind of dance is designed to give God praise. But all he needs to, for worship is a yes. Right. Okay. That's the one part. Okay. And as far as the secular. And sacred is concerned. The word secular does not mean uh, offensive to God. Right. Um, uh, matter of fact, Pastor YPJ had made a statement. He said, God isn't bothered by the secular. He's bothered by the profane. Mm. Okay? Yeah. Uh, and profane simply means, you know the difference between when something is profane is just offensive to God. And literally it means um, it, it, it puts you in a position where you're unapproachable, where you can't approach God. Wow. So, so um, secular music um, that means music that's not done in church. It doesn't have to be profane, right? Okay, um, some music, some music. As a matter of fact, some secular music that's out there now um, has more uh, content than some of the church stuff. True. No, no. I'm, I'm gonna tell you something that's interesting. I remember this one time when Alicia Keys did that song. Um, if what is it? Um, if if I if I don't have you, what was it? What was the song oh, called? Oh, I, I I know what song you're talking about. I right. have nothing. Well, if I don't have you. Well, yeah. she did that. So every time I heard the song for like six months, I would worship. Wow. Some people want it all, but um, yeah. some, mm-hmm. but I don't want nothing at all. But if, if it's not you, man, that, that that blessed me. Wow. And that was considered a secular song. But if if your heart is right, the Bible says to the pure, all things are pure. Right. 
Okay, and so so for me, when you listen to the content of the record, this is not this is not some spoof on gospel music or some uh, caricature where it's it's defaming or defacing um, the genre. This was a this is a legitimate gospel album where this man um, didn't just go in there and just pull anyone. He pulled on some of the best of the best from the gospel world to make sure it was authentic, mm-hmm. and you could tell his desire wasn't just to sell a record but to make a statement. Uh, and he, to me, this is him searching in his way. Let him search. Yeah. Let him search. I mean, if if he had done something that that was worthy of of um, criticism, then I could see the the criticism. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. mind the critique. But when it comes to that, give him credit. Give yeah. him credit for for doing what. Because the bottom line is, um, that record is going to reach people that we would never reach. Absolutely. There are people who listen to Snoop that would not listen to to um. To Kim Burrell mm-hmm. or John P. Key mm-hmm. or even B. Slade, right. they, they won't listen to these artists because they don't know who they are. Right. Uh, uh, it wasn't until Tasha Cobbs went on Good Morning America that people even knew who she was. That's true. So, so I, I just think that, that the church needs to stop being such—I don't want to use the word, but I have to—hypocrites. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. By the way, that Alicia Keys song is called "If I Ain't Got You." That's, if I ain't got you, that's it. That's it. Um, but you you raise an interesting point, and you know you've obviously been uh, around, certainly in the music game, longer than I have. Um, but there's one thing I have seen. It feels as though in this genre we just recycle arguments. It's <laughs> it's like it's it's not there. It, it just doesn't seem like there's anything new. That we're tackling, you know, people got mad years. They got mad twenty years ago when Kirk Franklin, you know, teamed up with Salt and Pepper and he sampled the whole uh, George Clinton P Funk thing for Stomp, yeah. you know. Correct. And then they got mad twenty years before that when James Cleveland sampled a, a song from uh, Gladys Knight and the Pips. And then they got mad when Andre. I mean, like it's like we get mad all of a sudden over the same things over and over again. So let me ask this question. At what point did it become a thing that you had, oh, this is going to be controversial, that you had to be saved and a church member to sing gospel music? Well, I, I'll say this right now. <laughs> there's a lot, listen, Gerard, there's a lot of people doing gospel music that I don't know if they say. Uh Yeah. I mean, if 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 salvation, well, <laughs> <laughs> we in deep waters now. Well, but let's and I like it because you yeah. know what? It's, t- it's time we call some of this stuff out. Yeah, there's some stuff that we've been that's being tolerated in the gospel music world that um that we we kind of glance over if the artist is, is decent enough mm-hmm. that we will call out secular people for doing. True, you know. My, my heart about it is this, man. Here's how I see it. And and you ask the question, at what point? It never. We, we're making. My son said something that blessed me the other day. Mm-hmm. Ray said, he said, the church has a problem with, be, with being offended by things that don't offend the Lord. Right. It doesn't offend the Lord. It offends us. Wow. And and, and the, the problem is, is that, listen, man, um, as it relates to the things of God, our job is to win the world. Our job is not to, not to, um, uh, uh, What's the, what's the word I'm looking for? When, when we just like we copyright gospel, what no mm-hmm. one can touch gospel. Mm-hmm. Like you can't quote a scripture if you're not saved. Right. What? You can't sing a gospel song. You can't have a gospel style. You can't do a gospel record. Let me tell you something. I'm gonna tell you this. Is gonna mess people up. This this record is gonna win a Grammy. 
I think so. I I said it from the start. I really think so. And and ironically, it'll be Snoop's first Grammy. Well, let, and let me say this while we're talking about gospel music, man. First of all, this little, uh, the, the, the gospel music industry has become a version of the good old boys club. Mm. You have to have a certain name. You have to be a certain person. And I dare say you have to pay certain amounts of money into certain uh, situations to be, even be considered. Mm. In, in their awards or in their man, listen. I, I, and, and and I know people come for me with this. I don't care because I I don't mind having this discussion with them. With our first record when we did um uh, next now, mm-hmm. I was shocked at what it costs to even promote a record. Oh yeah. Okay, so so th- there's the promotion piece, and then a lot of these people that's doing these records with these major labels, man, they're owing so much money. Just it, the gospel music industry is just like the secular music industry. Right. The only difference is, is we saying God and Lord. That's true. Okay, so 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 don't let's not treat it as if the gospel music industry is church. It's not church. Right. It is it, it is it is a business. It's, that's what it, it's a music business, like everything else. The only difference is is that there are some people. There are a lot of people. In case people wondering, there are a lot of authentic, legitimate people. Matter of fact, the majority of the artists that are doing gospel music consider themselves to be music ministers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what? So now, all, going going back to Snoop, what I think Snoop did was he created a platform mm-hmm. um, um, for for the people that we know. Kim Burrell is on there, uh, right. Molly Music people, mm-hmm. and and they're going to be pushed out there. I think it's a good thing because uh, Andre Crouch used to say, "Crossing over is not the problem, but when you cross over, cross over with the cross." Right, right. And I think they're doing a good job at it. I could, and I could have gotten really messy. I don't think the Lord's supposed to be messy in these last evil days. But <laughs> you did well. You did well. <laughs> but but it, it it is interesting. And you said some things that I think are really important because I think what's happened, certainly in the genre of gospel music, is there have been uh, these unwritten rules that have been placed. I think by consumers. And mm-hmm. uh, and it gets muddy because often consumers are also churchgoers and it gets yeah. equally muddy because certainly in the gospel context, a lot of the songs that are sung on Sunday morning come from this industry. And right. so it does kind of muddy the waters for some people. But I think it's important that people understand, like you said, number one, this is a business first. Yes. And so there are business aspects that are being cared for and that you have to understand that just because a person sings a particular style of music or even a content, a certain content of music that does not necessarily reflect their daily personal choices. Right. Let me add something to this that's interesting. You know, years ago, I'm about to date myself, but I remember um, when I first got saved and heard just the quality, the poor quality of gospel recordings. I, I just had a hard time letting go of my perfectly sounding secular records. Right. And and I ran across first the Hawkins family. Yeah. And they were, their, their their recording quality was not as good as, as the secular artists I was listening to, but at least they were they were trying. Right. But when I heard the Winans, mm-hmm. the Winans, do you know the Winans? They, they were doing straight up gospel music, but a lot of the people, like the Winans, influenced boys to men. Absolutely. You know. Um. Um, when you're looking at, at at what they brought this church sound to the secular world, they, most of the people that came to see the warnings, I mean, a lot of church people were there, but, but a lot of them were not church people. That's right. 
Um, and then when BBSCC One came along, um, they did the same thing, and they received so much criticism. But what they did, um, they got people listening, and a lot of people that started listening to gospel music got saved. Right. Because the message that if, if the if the message is pure and if and, and if it's uh, creatively uh, delivered, God is going to move in it. Right. Okay. And, and my argument to people, people say, well, you know, Pastor, I just think that gospel should be gospel and secular should be secular. Okay. Well, let's let's stick to that argument. Let's work that argument for more. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if that's the case, we can't just limit it to music. Right. It has to be okay. So you so if you're gonna shop at a grocery store, it gotta be a, it gotta be a Christian grocery store. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if you're gonna build a house, it has to be a Christian builder. And if the Christian builder is gonna be building churches, he can't be building uh, secular places of, of business. Mm -hmm. I'm saying when we start making the secular sacred argument and, and turn it into one of those things where we're limiting people building fences and walls, then we can't just stop at music. Right. We can't stop at music. Um, it, it has to come down to the place where we understand it, that um, God gave us music as a gift. It's a language, mm -hmm. you know, and if you're going to speak this language, as a matter of fact, I'm going to say something that, that's kind of crazy. I think some gospel artists um, need to do songs that not that are not um, specifically intended for Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. I really believe that because when we we sit back and we we uh we complain about how horrible the secular music is and and how some of it is most of it is boring and profanity. Mm -hmm. Where are the love songs we asked? Right. Well, if if the, if the world is not writing them, I mean, love is love is our logo. It's our trademark. Why don't we write the love songs? Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because... You know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to you have to trust that God is like a person. He's a real person and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. And now... A word from our sponsor. Have you subscribed to Heart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God, Heart Ramsey. Yeah. There are now two ways for you to receive this regular encouragement via text message. Simply text Uplift to 46786 and you'll receive this regular encouragement on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To receive this encouragement on a daily basis, download the NCC Family app available in the app stores for Apple and Google Play. Once again, to receive Heart Ramsey's Uplift via text message, simply text Uplift to 46786 and you'll be able to receive this encouragement on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. To receive Heart Ramsey's Uplift on a daily basis, simply download the free NCC Family app available in the app stores for iTunes and Google Play. Uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Yo. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. 
know you're going to dig this. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Finally, someone speaks my heart. I, I'm saying, yeah, you know what? No, we do it. Yeah. I mean, okay. So uh, this is a true story. Mm-hmm. It's a true story. Mm-hmm. I could I could tell you this story without betraying any confidences or whatever. This is a true story. It happened to me years ago. A couple came to see me, and and the, the husband and wife sat there, and the the wife's uh, they were they were kind of like uncomfortable. So I said, okay, what do you want to talk to me about? And so she's looking at me, looking at her, and he says, go ahead, ask him. And so she said, well, you asked. He said, no, you, you, you're the one that wanted to come. And so she said, Pastor, when, during our time of intimacy, mm-hmm. what, should, what should we listen to? I said, what do you mean? She said, like music. <laughs> and, I said, and I said, well, that's the weird question to ask a pastor. And I said, well, why, do, why are you asking me this? And here's what she said. She said, because my husband wants to listen to praise and worship. He, and, wow. and, um, and, and for real. Um, and I said, really? What, like, what kind of song? Now, this is back in this. She says, his favorite song is Jesus is Real by John P. Key. Stop, man. <laughs> so I said, no, no. Like, I, I start, I bust out laughing. I thought she, I thought it was a joke. And I'm laughing. And they look at me, they were dead serious. And I'm like, this is not a joke. And she said, no. Wow. And, and he's, sitting, he's not sitting there nodding yes. Like, like yeah, that's, that's what I like. And I said, brother. <laughs> I said, I mean, for your, for your intimate time? He said, yeah. And he started naming other worship songs. He was listening to Radical for Christ. And, wow. and, and, I, and I was like, no. And he, he said, I just, he said, I just, I just, it, gets, it just gets me anointed. I said, man, you know what? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let me tell you something right here, right now. Now, this is real. I'm a, now, now, and, and at first, I thought it was so bizarre. Yeah. And he says to me, he said, Pastor, you need to teach on this. And yeah. so I, early on in my church, I had to teach them, listen, it is not the will of God. For you to know, there's there. If you if you don't want a song with lyrics, then get you some jazz. Get but right. if you need music, but don't don't know. Right. I worship you, Almighty God. There's none like you. It's, <laughs> that's not a no. That is, <laughs> that <laughs> <is>. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's why people think we're crazy. Right. God does not want us to separate our sacred life and our secular life. Secular. Mm. All secular means is it's not born of the church or that which is not of the church mm-hmm. in, in other words you I, you can go see a movie and and you you can you can go to the movies you can you can actually go to, you can go to a party you can you can go to dinner mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying the, the mm-hmm. god you can you can pick music and say i listen to this music at, at family reunions i listen to this music here you I, I, you I mean god wants us to be to be what's the word i'm looking for he wants us to be very very selective yes but at the same time, we can't. That's, that was bizarre. <laughs> that was, <laughs> it's it's funny. I've heard of that kind of thing conceptually happening, but actually happening. No, this was real. Is and, and wild. You, and I, I I was laughing at them, and they were sitting there like, "Why are you laughing? You right. serious? Like, oh my god, this isn't a joke." But you know, I I get it from this perspective, and, and this is kind of the, I think the the disservice that the overall church has done over the years. And, you know, when people come to church, they come to church with a desire of really wanting to encounter God and to do what's right. And I know years ago, man, back in the 80s, I remember them, uh, you know, our church telling people to throw out their music that was not gospel music and all of these. Matter of fact, I even remember 
uh, during one youth service that we had, they had, because I was the music guy then, they had me um, bring in different styles of gospel to try to determine which style we should be listening to. Right. I mean, it, it's just, and, and again, I think people mean well, but, you know, we end up putting people in bondage when they're not free to enjoy you know, songs that are great R&B songs or great love songs. Uh, and not all love songs, obviously, have a lot of, you know, crazy ideas. Some are actually very, very nice and very, right. you know. And so so let, let's go back to this one point, though, because I think I know why this isn't happening, but I want to dialogue about it. You mentioned something that I've been talking about for years, which is the idea that uh, artists who are Christian, whether they sing gospel or not, are necessary it's necessary for them to do content that is not strictly vertical content it is necessary for uh, gospel artists to sing about love to sing about relationships so i want to ask the million dollar question why haven't they done it yet well th th that's a great question and here's the, the short answer because the church will not support it boom and, and i must tell you something too and this is uh, this is a true statement and people don't like to hear it, but there's something going on with uh, with the way the average believer perceives even music ministry, people who are recording gospel music. They will pay $75 to park at a Beyonce concert. They will. But they will, but they will not pay uh, $50 for seven of the top gospel artists on the same ticket. True. And 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 um and they were justified with say I could see him for free or whatever but you know th there's another part of it there's, there's there's the economic part of that and so I think gospel artists on one hand are afraid to to uh, put out content the world doesn't know who they are mm -hmm. and the church won't necessarily support them so what they do is they put out something that's safe and thus Gerard it 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 brings us to the other arena where all the gospel music is starting to sound alike right because because what we're doing is that we're copying we'll look at what this artist does and if the church buys it then everybody flocks to that sound mm -hmm. and nobody's authentic anymore mm -hmm. you know um uh, everybody i remember uh when israel first started doing what he was doing it wasn't popular but then when everybody started flocking to it then everybody wanted to be all of a sudden there's this there's this uh uh everybody's playing guitar right right yeah <laughs> but let me tell you a funny story about israel and this is off the beaten path real quickly mm -hmm. when i first saw israel he came to dothan um, and he was uh, the opening act for Anointed and Crystal Lewis. Wow. It was just Israel and a guitar. And he was not doing praise and worship. He was doing these songs that nobody knew. And we just sat there. We adored him because we wanted to hear Anointing, right. I mean, Anointed and Crystal Lewis. Right. And and, and so later on, they told me that that uh, he did a, a praise and worship record. My thing was like, well, I saw him live. He, I mean, I don't, I didn't care for his music so much. He didn't have a band. It was just him and a guitar. Mm -hmm. And when I heard what he, his, the sound that he brought to gospel music, I said, wow, this is huge. Yeah. Everybody flocked to it. Mm -hmm. and, and and they flocked to it because, or the artists rather flocked to it, and they just tried to mimic the sound because the church picked up on it. Mm. Um, enter Jonathan McReynolds. Yes. He comes out with his own unique style, and it appeals to people who don't go to church and people who go to church because, you know, he's being himself. Right. And I think what it comes down to is it comes down to what is what's in your heart to say. What I mean, if, if, what, if, if, do you have something to say? Mm -hmm. If you have something to say, then say it and, and forget. I mean, I, I really believe that the Holy Spirit is, is going to lead you 
to be authentic. And if, if you have something really to say about love or about relationship or even about um, about uh, marriage or about about whatever the topic is, if you if, look at Lecrae, mm-hmm. Lecrae doesn't do gospel rap records. Right. He, he just he's a rapper. He's a he's just a, a rapper that raps his heart. And, and this this last record he did that um, it, it spoke to political stuff. Yeah. That's what the world. That's the world needs gospel people or Christians to bring a, 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 a biblical perspective to every topic without being overly biblical. You know, it's interesting since you mentioned Lecrae, and here again lies in the challenge that you spoke of. You know, Lecrae's last, his last couple of records, uh, content-wise, were broadened. You know, yeah. so when he first came out, uh, you know, obviously he was, ve- I mean, it was almost like sitting in a theology class when he first came out, <laughs> you know. And then as he began broadening his message, the the biggest kickback that he got was not from the world, but it was from the church, right. you know. And then, you know, evangelicals start to not like him as he starts speaking out about Black Lives Matter. And then the gospel folks stop liking him because he says, I'm not gospel. I'm just a rapper. And, you know, people took that as, oh, you are, you know, you're ashamed of us. You're throwing away the faith, et cetera, et cetera. And really, he was just trying to broaden his reach. Uh, so that more people would listen to what he's saying because he's able to bring things from a Christian worldview, um, right. you know, which is important to have. So it it lends itself to this argument that when an artist decides to do something that is off the beaten path, but they still love God, they are going to face backlash from the church and and that can be led at times by pastors so i want to ask you how do we address this how do we get in front of this because if we don't i I fear that on one hand you'll have a bunch of frustrated artists who continue to do what they're doing now which is just putting out something that they think will pay the bills uh or the flip side is they'll take a chance and then not be supported and then be bitter with this whole thing of the music industry. So how can consumers and churches better support these kinds of efforts? Well, I think that it, the first thing it begins with going it begins with the artist. The artist has got to be schooled on why they feel drawn. They, they have to be able to discern why they feel drawn to this certain audience. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it begins with the artist and then actually the church has to be educated as well. So I'm, I'm going to lend this. You know, everyone knows the story, the three parables in the book of Luke chapter 15 where uh, um, it starts out with the parable of the lost sheep and then it, it moves on or segues into the parable of the lost coin mm-hmm. and it climaxes with, the, with the, uh, the story of the lost son, the prodigal son. Everyone knows the story of the prodigal son. Right. But what people miss is where, why Jesus told those three stories. And so in Luke, 16, Luke 15 and 1, I'm going to read from King James. It says, then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and, and of course, that's, that's pretty... Um, Elizabethan, and I'm going to try to put up the New Living Translation because I, it, it, I want to read a part of it that's going to really bless those who are listening to this. So in Luke 15 and 1, it says, Tax collectors and other notorious sinners came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with sinful people, even eating with them. Hmm. Okay? Um, matter of fact, um, one translation 
uh, uh, they asked when, when Jesus was went home to eat with Matthew. After Matthew was called to follow Jesus, Jesus went to his house, and the Pharisees and, uh, and, and scribes asked, asked the disciples, why does your master eat with such scum? Hmm. Yeah. Wow. And so the Bible says in Luke 15, after they asked this question, the Pharisees, they want to know, they start complaining. Jesus said, let me tell you these stories. And he told him three stories about how G Jesus, the way Jesus went uh, about winning the loss was so different. He didn't care about what the found cared or said rather about him interacting with the lost. I'll use a perfect example. So Tasha decides, Tasha Cobb decides to have um, Nicki Minaj on her record. Mm -hmm. People were so offended by that. But here's the thing. Let me show you another scenario. I'm not saying this is the scenario. I don't know for sure. But let me show you another scenario from the Jesus playbook, okay? Mm -hmm. Let's say Tasha befriends Nikki or Nikki befriends Tasha and says, man, Tasha, let's say Nikki says, Tasha, I really like your music. I can really relate to your style of gospel and I love your voice. So, so Tasha reaches out to her. Tasha, they, they connect with their friends, okay? They, they become friends offline and they're talking and Tasha is to her Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because they know people have to meet Jesus through us. We're, we're the body of Christ, and they have to meet him through us. Right. And so so, 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 what if Tasha decides, you know what, what would be great is I have this song, and I'm going to ask my friend Nikki to be on it just to bring her into the gospel community. What is she doing? She's winning her. Right. But the church becomes living. Oh, she's not saying she shouldn't be on there. You know, she's the one with this. And, and we miss the whole point of ministry. Uh, insert Luke 15, the story of the lost sheep, the story of the lost coin, the story of the lost son. This whole thing, is, we're missing the point. And so the first thing is the secular artist, I mean, the gospel artist has to understand that they, there is, there's an evangelistic part of their ministry that they're overlooking. Mm. The church now, starting from the pastoral ministry, has to equip these people to go out there to be salt and light and to be sheep among wolves. Because the Lord said he's sending us a sheep into wolf country. Right. You see what I'm saying? And so what we're doing is we're practicing isolation. He said, let them be in the world, but not of the world. Yeah. Okay? It's insulation, not isolation. We're insulated from the world, but we're not supposed to isolate from them. We should probably go out there and mingle and, and, and let our light shine because there's no way that light could go into darkness and not win. Even a little candle can light a whole room. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And so we're not teaching it right. Our theology is off. And because of that, we're trying to protect ours and, 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 and uh, turn it into something it's not. And I think it begins with discipling um, the church and specifically those involved in, in gospel music ministry. Oh, this is my kind of conversation, folks. I love this. And I and I really hope that people have taken some time to learn from this. And we may have to do a follow-up uh, on this just because I think people, again, have gone so long thinking one way that we, we need to turn the corner because I think we may be the ones, you know, that are kind of imprisoning artists from being free to do what it is that they really need to do so that's a good word imprisoning i like that yeah yeah i feel like that's what's happening because again a lot of them want to sing music uh that i think has a more diverse message and that can reach additional people and it's necessary it's necessary right. but you know what oh, Gerard, i want to add something that's interesting mm -hmm. you know um what's the, what's the, oh, what's his name um drake's new song is called what oh yeah it's god's plan yeah god's plan. okay 
if you go through the charts and start looking at the titles of the song, there are people, there's uh, um, Alicia Keys had a song recently, it was called Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. the, so, so the world is not offended by us bringing, by, uh, by us saying the name of Jesus. So they're not offended by, uh, if they feel like we're not uh, coming at them or looking down at them, if they feel like we're authentic in our message, they embrace it. So look at Kirk Franklin, the world loves him because mm -hmm. he's worldly. No, he's not worldly. Right. I mean, you have you heard worldly lately? <laughs> <laughs> worldly is very distinct. <laughs> oh, listen, it's profane. Yes, it uh, is. So you have people like you have the Kirk, you have Kirk Franklin. You go back. Uh, they love Mary. Mary. Uh, uh, you go back to there are a lot of artists who the world really loved. Yeah. The, um, uh, a lot of uh, of the of gospel music sounds like Coldplay to me. Not gospel, but CCM. Yeah. Like Absolutely. You know, and there and there are a lot of groups out there uh, um, who actually started in the church. Sure. I, I really believe that that we, we're robbing the church, and I mean we're robbing the. Um, the world of the message of Christ, because we're so afraid that we're gonna we're gonna go out there and and uh, be contaminated, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, so, and of course, the, there's a purist that's gonna say the Bible said, "Come ye out from among them." Well, that's what John the Baptist was thinking Jesus should have done, wow. and so Jesus sent a message to John the Baptist: "Go tell John that the blind see, the lame walk, and the deaf hear, mm -hmm. and blessed is he that's not offended in me." Mm. And that's the message I have for a lot of the people today. Let's stop being offended. Let's train the people, to, the, the people that are gifted to go out there and use their gifts the right way to glorify God. And there's some people who are called to the house. Yes. But not everyone is called to the house. Some people are called to, to go out also, pour out and come back in, get filled up and go out again. Absolutely. That's my piece. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. I hope you guys, uh, artists and consumers and pastors and everyone who's listening, had a chance to really digest this. And certainly we want to hear what you've learned from today's session because I think it was really, really powerful. So reach out to us by way of social media using the hashtags OnCourse and Heart to Heart. That's H-A-R-T, the number two, and then H-E-A-R-T. We absolutely want to hear what you have to say. Now do us a favor. You'll definitely want to share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Uh, also, be sure to rate, download, and subscribe our podcast. Sub subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Google Play and join us next time as we get on course with Heart Ramsey.